This is Reverend Charles Fenson. I'm the interim pastor at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa, California. This is the morning worship service. Our address is 2850 Fairview Road, Costa Mesa, California, 92626. Our website is pccov.org, and our Facebook page is pccov. And our email is info at pccov.org. We welcome you to this service. Our vision statement is that the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant is a Christ-centered community set free by grace and placed in our neighborhoods to serve and to invite all people into a wondrous relationship with God. God bless you as you worship with us. Good morning, people of God. Good morning, friends in Christ. Welcome to worship. Welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. We are glad that you are here this morning. Have we friends that we may introduce, people new to us today? Yes, please stand up and give us your name. Hi, my name is Carol, Carol Fizik, and I'm from Fort Worth, Texas, out here visiting my daughter. Wonderful, Carol. Welcome from Fort Worth, Texas. Excellent. Other guests that we may introduce and welcome into our community? All friends amongst us this morning. Please take a moment to sign the friendship books and pass them along that we might have record of your worship. We might greet you by your names. I call your attention to the announcements in your bulletins. Next Sunday is Meet Your Deacon, Sunday, February 17th. So if you are not in a deacon flock, you will be assigned to that flock. So um, note that we have nine deacons. Kathy is the moderator of our deacons. Raise your hand, Kathy. There she is. And Pastor Sharon, raise your hand. She serves on our deacon board. Our Bible studies continue. I will be away on Tuesday of this week at the pastor's retreat at the Sierra Conference Center in Malibu. Uh, pastor Tim, over the years, have organized this um, pastor's retreat. And this year we have a wonderful person coming down from uh, Seattle University to talk about uh, theology and the media. And Tim always gets these great speakers from all over the country. Who wouldn't want to come to Malibu, California in, 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 in February? Yeah, unless you're floating away, that's right. So Sam and Jeff were manning the parking lot yesterday for the soccer tournament, and we raised over $1,100 yesterday, parking cars. And Jeff has a sign-up sheet, a clipboard here, and if you would like to help out uh, collecting uh, tickets this week, all this week and next weekend, this weekend only, please sign up over there with Jeff. A script announcement I was handed by Brother Jim. Do we have any moviegoers here? Carol Rampey of United Script, our gift card supplier, was kind enough to send us a few certificates for free regular popcorn at AMC Theaters. That's like $20 to buy <laughs> popcorn. So see Jim or Pat if you want free popcorn at theater. Are there other announcements to make this morning? Yes, Erlinda. Worship is not meeting today. Not meeting today. Children's is meeting today. And Mission and Outreach, are you meeting today? And finance is not meeting today. 
but we are meeting here for worship, so please stand and greet your neighbor in Christ. Say hello, please. Good morning, Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. If you can please make your way to your seats. When everyone is in their seats, the choir is going to call us to worship this morning. be glad and rejoice. Will you please rise with me for our responsive call to worship. Oh, give thanks for the Lord is good. God's love endures forever. Happy are those who wait his who walk in the law of the Lord. Happy are those who keep the Lord's decrees, who seek the Lord with their whole heart. Rejoice and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. Please pray with me. Holy God, you challenge the powers that rule this world and show favor to the oppressed. Instill in us a true sense of justice, that we may discern the signs of your kingdom and strive for right to prevail for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And let us continue with our worship this morning with our hymn of praise.
seated and may we have all the children and youth and young at heart please come forward have a seat nice to see you all New York Yankees really really nice to see you Today is the fifth Sunday after Epiphany. That's a big word. It means dawning. Were you up at dawn this morning? Did you see the sun rise? No. On the fifth Sunday after Epiphany, we had our call to worship from Psalm 71. We're going to hear from our Hebrew lesson in Isaiah 6, Holy, Holy, Holy. And the gospel lesson assigned for today is from Luke 5. It's the story of Jesus. So many people wanting to listen to him, he got out in a boat to preach to the people on the shore. And then he said to Simon, why don't you start fishing? And Simon said, boy, we've been fishing all night, but for you... Let's go out in the deep waters, and they let down their nets, and what do you think happened? All kinds of fish, all kinds of fish. And Jesus said, from now on, I'm going to teach you to catch girls and boys and women and men for God. Do you think it's easy to fish? Are there fishermen here? You fish? Is it always pleasant? Especially if you fish all night and you caught what? Nothing. Sometimes we have to go through hard times before we get to good times. How many believe that? We have to go through hard times before we get to good times. Now, there's a man amongst us that had an accident a couple of weeks ago. Do you know who, you know who that is? Somebody in a sling. So do we have a picture of, of that man's shoulder? Wow. So can you tell us what's going on with this shoulder here? Sure, sure. So that's my left, that's my left collarbone. It was broken in two places, so they put a stainless steel plate uh, that sort of flexes still, that's over the top of the collarbone, and then seven screws to secure all the pieces together. And then you can see there's a gap still in between the shoulder bone and my shoulder. That's actually supposed to be there because that's the joint and all the ligaments can so that's not a break. So everything's straight and uh, bone on bone healing can happen now, going to be 100% in four weeks. So it looks like the doctor kind of organized the four on the left, but the three on the right, yeah. did, did he go out and have a drink or something and then come back and... What happened there? Well, it's a, it's a, small, it's a smaller piece, so he needed to do three in a row. Oh, I see. Yeah, there, he needed to angle it down. So that's what he did. Okay. Are you doing physical therapy? Just started. That's going to be hard. How many boys and girls have had physical therapy? Yeah. You will later on in life. 
and that's a hard thing to go through, but it's part of the healing process. We fish all night, we catch nothing, we smell like fish, we're tired, hard times, but then we let down our nets in the deep water and God brings us the harvest. So you're going to go through some tough times, physical therapy, but God's a great physician. God's a healing God, right, Frank? God's a healing God. And we go through these tough times and God comes and blesses us. So remember that. That's the gospel story for this morning. So let's fold our hands and bow our heads and pray together. Oh God, we are grateful for Rob and for uh, the way you have touched the hands of doctors and nurses to bring him back to full health. He's going through some tough times with his physical therapy, but in the end he'll come out healed and we pray your blessing upon that healing. So be with each boy and girl as we go through tough times in life. May we know that you in the end want us whole and healed. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. So off to your activities, classes, here we go.
Thank you, choir. That was really beautiful. The proof of God's amazing love is this, that Christ Jesus died for us. And because we have faith in him, we dare to approach God in confidence. In faith and in penitence, let us confess our sins to God and one another together. Merciful God, you pardon all who truly repent and turn to you. We humbly confess our sins and ask your mercy. We have not loved you with a pure heart, no, as ourselves. We have not done justice, loved kindness, or walked humbly with you, our God. Have mercy on us, O God, in your loving kindness. In your great compassion, cleanse us from our sin. Create in us a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us. Do not cast us from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from us. Restore to us the joy of your salvation and sustain us with your bountiful spirit. Amen. Hear the good news. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross that we might be dead to sin and alive to all that is good. I declare to you in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Amen.
all a gift from God that we receive. Brought to life, we open up our eyes to see the majesty and glory of the King. He has filled our hearts with wonder.
Lord, my strength. I will love you, Lord, my shield. I will love you, Lord, my rock. Forever, all my days, I will love you, God. So, God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. And I will love you, Lord, my strength. I will love you, Lord, my shield. I will love you, Lord, my rock, forever on my days, I will love you. Slain, holy, holy. 
song to him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. With all creation I'll sing Praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything. I will adore you. Clothed in rainbows of living color. Flashes of lightning, rolls of thunder. Blessing and honor, strength and glory and power be to you, the only wise King. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is in days to come. I will adore you. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation I'll sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. Your name is power, breath of living water, such a marvelous mystery. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation I'll sing praise to the King of Kings, you are my everything, and I will adore you. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation I'll sing praise to the King of Kings. I will adore you.
Holy, holy, holy is our God. Thank you, praise band. Thank you, choir, for joining that theme of giving holiness to our God. Our scripture on this fifth Sunday after Epiphany is taken from Isaiah 6, 1 to 8. Let us listen for God's word to us. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him, each had six wings, with two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the threshold shook at the voices of those who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips and live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Gracious God, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. Make us hungry for this heavenly food that it may nourish us today in the ways of eternal life. We pray and worship and listen now through Jesus Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. In my last interim at Westminster Presbyterian Church in Westlake Village, where I served for 23 months, almost two years, as here we told a lot of jokes. And isn't that one of the traits of your new pastor to be, a person with a sense of humor? from our children at Westlake Village and at Covenant to our students, to our older people, we told jokes 
And apparently in my last church, mine weren't up to par, so as a going-away gift, the preschool staff gave me a joke jar. (laughs) It's been in my office here at Covenant until now. I've not used it. Uh, Some of these may not be appropriate for a church crowd, so I'm just going to have to sift through them. What do you call a crate full of ducks? A box of quackers. What do you call a fake noodle? An impasta. (laughs) Sam, are you getting these? All right. Why did the stadium get hot after the game? All the fans left. Okay, all right. So uh, after church, you can come forward here and and pick out a joke. This was a sending off gift, and we on the fifth Sunday after Epiphany have a sending off text before us in Isaiah 6. Our Hebrew lesson this morning takes us to the famous call of the young Judean prophet. Talk amongst yourselves as I get my clicker here. (laughs) Didn't we do this last week? (laughs) It won't be long, Erlinda. You'll have a new face up here, won't (laughs) This famous call to the young Judean prophet Isaiah. Isaiah the prophet was to teach and preach for some 39 years in Jerusalem. Isaiah was a courtly prophet who had access to kings He was a royal counselor to four of Judah's kings, Uzziah, Jothan, Ahaz, and good king Hezekiah. Isaiah's ministry spanned Israel's years of peace and prosperity and the nation's threat of war and even its very survival. In all, Isaiah was a faithful prophet, and in his call to service in Isaiah 6, we are going to be reminded of the call that God has placed upon us in our call to faith and speech and ministry. Isaiah's call to service for God came to the prophet in his hometown of Jerusalem, the city that would occupy his ministry for the remainder of his life. And Isaiah notes that this call came in the year that King Uzziah died, and that year was 742 B.C., It's unusual that a prophet would mention a king's death, except King Uzziah was one of the last of Judah's truly powerful monarchs. Is Isaiah telling us of Uzziah's death because now, without this strong earthly king, Judah in the years ahead would need special grace from God? Does the Spirit of God often work when we are stripped away of our security and comfort and in the way we've always done things before. In such a vulnerable time, Isaiah's call arrived from God, and what follows in Isaiah 6 is not only a description of Isaiah's call, but it's really one of the most thorough accounts in the Bible of God-like worship, of God-like worship. One of the many things that we joyfully do is worship our music, the praise music, 
our anthem, prayers, scriptures, sermons, communion, service for wholeness, all seek to glorify, magnify, honor, express our collective love for God. Sometimes our worship is quiet, and sometimes it's so raucous we can't call us back together for the call to worship. The linguistic background for the word worship is worship, the worthiness of God. On Sunday mornings, we are ascribing to God with all our heart, mind, and body, and soul that God alone is worthy of worship. On Saturday evenings, before I go to sleep, I take out my book of common prayer and I read this prayer for the following day, Sunday morning. O God, the source of eternal light, shed forth thine unending day upon us who watch for thee, that our lips may praise thee, our lives may bless thee, and our worship on the morrow may give thee glory alone. Isn't that a wonderful prayer? We are ascribing to God with all our might and heart and body and soul that God alone is worthy of worship. We also talk about in our Presbyterian family about reform worship. That is to say, biblical worship. The reformers like Luther and Calvin were simply trying to sift through all the layers of church tradition and discover the worship of the Bible. And the stirring example of worship is this call of Isaiah in chapter 6. What is worship? Worship is seen anew, maybe for the first time, experiencing through all of our God-given senses the splendor of God. A glimpse, a taste, a touch of God's splendor. If you notice on the back of your bulletin, there are sermon notes. That's the first characteristic of worship, viewing the splendor of God. Isaiah had a vision, and in his vision there is the Lord, the high, the exalted God, and the train of God's robe is so great, so glorious, so spacious, that it fills Solomon's temple. And above the Lord were seraphs, in Hebrew, burning ones, each with six wings. With two they covered their faces, humility. With two they covered their bodies, modesty. And with two they flew, availability, service. And these heavenly beings, these seraphs, called out to each other in the presence of God, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. Not just heaven, but the whole earth, all of creation is full of God's glory. We sang that just a moment ago. All of creation. An antiphonal, magnificent, purposeful act of praise. So loud, so harmonious, so thunderous were their voices, and you have to see it in your mind's eye at the sound of the angelic calling out the doorposts, the steps to the doors shook, and the temple filled with smoke. Worship, true worship, is a glimpse, sometimes a look, at the splendor of God. And the only word for worship for Isaiah in seeing this God, envisioning this God, is the word awesome. 
God is splendor, God is awesome. Is God awesome for us? Is God awesome for you and me? I come to worship on Sundays to receive something I can't see in my walks, in my travels, in my books, even in my private prayers. In worship, we see something of the splendor of God. Isaiah did, do we. After Isaiah's vision of the splendor of God, and only after he sees God's splendor, God's awesome presence and power, God who is holy and sovereign and resides over all, in the face of all that splendor, Isaiah looks upon his own life. And he laments. I'm ruined, I'm done for. Woe, woe is me, countering the holy, holy, holy is God. Next to God's splendor, I am a man of unclean lips. Remember James? The tongue is a rudder. The tongue is a fire. Your tongue in trouble. Your life in trouble. Isaiah knew this truth. Moreover, Isaiah lived amongst a people of unclean lips. He couldn't rescue himself. His nation couldn't come to his rescue. Notice that Isaiah sees his sin, that's the second S, only when he confronts the splendor of God. I remember once in seminary, a student asked our professor what a Puritan is. And Dr. Miller said, a Puritan is a person with a mighty view of God and a mighty view of sin. In Isaiah's day, in our own day, sin is a personal thing, is a societal, a collective sin. In American history, in the 18th century, sins were personal. So in the slave trade, for example, Christians worked to make slaves comfortable. In the 19th century, slaves became a societal sin. And from the British Isle to the American shore, evangelical Christians worked to abolish the societal sin of slavery. It's both. It's personal. It's collective. Isaiah's call is all about a great and high view of God, and only in glimpsing this magnificent vision does Isaiah come to terms with his own sin. There he is. If you're comparing your sin with your neighbors across the street or your colleague at work, or even if you are weighing your sin against the person who sits beside you in the pew, if neighbors or co-workers or other worshipers are your comparison, you may in fact look pretty good. But those folk are not the sovereign judge of heaven and earth. Our magnificent God is. And someday to that God, you and I will give an account of our lives. Isaiah knows this. So Isaiah, the unclean Isaiah, sees and experiences the magnificent God and cries out, woe is me. And then that Isaiah writes so tenderly now the gospel. Then one of the seraphs flew to me holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar and the angel touched my mouth. Isaiah didn't deserve grace, didn't even ask for grace. God is simply and sacrificially a grace-giving God with these words, your guilt has departed, your sin 
has been blotted out. John the Baptist said of Jesus, Behold the Lamb of God who, what? Takes away the sin of the world. I don't think we have to understand complicated theories of atonement, maybe not even believe them. We simply need in repentance and faith to say with John, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the world's sin, takes away our sin, takes away my sin. And if God can take away your sin and my sin, can't we do likewise to our sisters and brothers in Christ, our friends and our neighbors in the world? My sisters and brothers, writes Paul in Ephesians, be kind-hearted, forgiving others, just as God has forgiven you. After Isaiah sees God's splendor, after Isaiah repents of his sin and receives God's salvation, third S, God asks the question, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Notice that God doesn't order Isaiah into service. God simply asks questions, whom and who? Many missionaries have heard those questions too, but we are rather ordinary Christians here in Costa Mesa. We hear the same call. Who will be a student? Who will be a business person? Who will be a father or a mother or a grandparent? God asks Isaiah and asks us, and Isaiah responds, Here am I, send me. And where did God send Isaiah? God sent Isaiah to stay right there in Jerusalem for 40 years, a ministry of presence and speaking. Isaiah spoke to his own people, calling their hearts back to God. How will you call people back to God? By being a faithful teacher or a consistent mother, a praying father or grandparent, working in a food pantry, speaking truth to power, Maybe God is calling you into politics like God did with our brother Jimmy Carter a generation ago, and he's a hero in Habitat for Humanity today. Answering the call of service, that's part of worship. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual worship, said the Apostle Paul in Romans 12. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? May this community of faith here at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant respond, Here are we, here am I, send us, send me. For the grass withers and the flower fades, but the promises of our God abide forever. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's uh, respond by singing a wonderful hymn of our faith. You servants of God, your master proclaim. If you are able, please rise as we sing together.
please be seated. I don't think pastors thank their congregations enough for their generosity. So I want to thank you, the good folk at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, for being such generous stewards with the resources that God has given all of us. Thank you. And in that note of gratefulness, let us receive our morning tithes and offerings. As I walked through the door, I sensed his presence. And I knew this was the place where love abounds. For this is a temple Jehovah God abides here. We are standing in His presence on holy ground. We are standing on holy ground and I know that there are angels all around so let us praise Jesus now we are standing in his presence on holy ground we are standing
be seated and join me in prayer. Loving God, you so loved the world that you gave your only son, Jesus, for its salvation. You have taught us to pray for all kinds of people in all kinds of circumstances. So hear us as we exercise the priestly role which with you have entrusted us. Hear our prayers for our country. May your church be an embodiment of your truth for all times. Strengthen the moral fiber of our nation, leaders and people alike. Place people in leadership positions who will promote the welfare of all people and will seek to do your will. God of peace, bring an end to the divisiveness in our nation. Unite us as one nation under God. We thank you for the gift of nourishing rain and for the greening of our state that has resulted. Continue to water the land, we pray, and protect those who are in burn areas from flooding. As we celebrate Valentine's Day and share the love we have for others, may we be reminded of your great love for us and that you gave your only son for us. May we reflect that love to all we meet. We pray for the people of Venezuela during this time of unrest. We pray that the much needed aid be allowed through to those who so need it. In Syria, what is hopefully a final push against the last remnants of ISIS has begun. We pray for civilians in that area, and we pray that this regime of terror will be brought to an end. We remember those before you who are distressed in body, mind, or spirit, especially those known and dear to us whom we name in our hearts. Give to each as they have need. Comfort those in sorrow. Dry their tears and lift their eyes to eternity and the reunion waiting there. Bless not only doctors and nurses and professional caregivers, but also the care and visitation of your people, that they may bring a healing presence of your spirit. May we be people of encouragement speaking to others for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. With your spirit to guide us and our worship reminding us that you are never far from us, help us become the disciples Christ would have us be. Attune our lives to the intent of the commandments that we may love you with heart, soul, and mind, and be enabled to love our neighbors as ourselves. We pray in the name of Jesus, who made such love possible, and who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and lead us our sin as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power 
and the glory forever. Amen. And now would you please stand as we sing our closing hymn.
Amen. You are invited over to our fellowship hall to enjoy some wonderful desserts and coffee. If our Lord can turn water into wine, we can take all the calories out of these donuts and cookies and uh, bless you as you come over and share. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit rest and remain with each one this day, this night, in the season of Epiphany, and forevermore. Amen. This is Pastor Charles Fenson again, and we invite you at any point to come and worship with us here at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa. We trust that God has been honored by this worship service and that you have been blessed. God be with you. <laughs> 